This is Dr. Charles Parker, and you're listening to Core Brain Journal. It's the place where I connect both fresh discoveries and interesting different perspectives from advanced mind science with the realities of real people and everyday life down on Main Street. Well, welcome board folks. Dr. Charles Parker here one more time. And we're taking another trip down the road that so many of us want to take. It's the reason we have a lot of listeners here at Core Brain Journal, because uh, really what's going on with the evolution of brain science is looking more carefully at who we are as individuals, where we're going in our lives, what are the things that we can actually do to improve our lives and the lives of the people we touch. So how do we take that deeper path and where do we go with that? We have a a very cool, experienced guest with us, Bree Seeley. And she's going to talk to us about that very subject, the evolution of our own internal path. Bree, thank you so much for joining us. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. So it's going to be a fun conversation. You know, we all learn from our guests here. It's just great because, and one of the reasons I love doing this program, Bree, is because it's an opportunity for me to hear from you some of your perspectives and perceptions. They came together right there. In the meantime, real quickly, I'm going to just say a word from our sponsors who are supporting our program here, and that is Core Brain Journal is sponsored by Great Plains Laboratory. They are deep international biomedical testing leaders for improved, targeted mind science details. And you know here at Core Brain Journal, we are interested in the details. As both laboratory and, get this, webinar global thought leaders, They provide the most comprehensive set of hard data measurement tools for real biomedical answers beyond guesswork. And they also provide multiple training webinars. This is an important point for both the public and medical providers on how to use that important data effectively. Check out their website for references and testing details. And take note of this. They regularly change through our work with them on the site that I'm going to send to you. They offer some complimentary test drawings, and people have been very successful. What happens is they rotate the tests every week. So you want to get over there, even if you've already won, and put in another because these tests range in cost from like 219 bucks to considerably more, and they're going to give it to you free, and they'll provide an understanding of what that test means. It's really a very uh, useful and important support of Core Brain Journal. We really appreciate it. So the place that you go, the website that you go to is greatplainslaboratory.com forward slash CBJ for Core Brain Journal, CBJ. So why not run over there, take a look at it, and see what's going on this week. It'd be a great opportunity. So let me introduce Bree to you just a bit more. She is a motivated person who has a deeply held belief that everyone deserves to live a life that inspires themselves. Because why would you live day in and day out in misery, playing out someone else's idea of a perfect life? So many people do that, no question about it. And her work is a transformation and self-creation activity that reflects the deep remembering that your desires are ultimately inevitable. You can actually make it. The fact that they exist inside of your heart means they are possible of existing outside of you and reaching fulfillment with you. Through her signature six-month training, Activate Your Path Within, 
and her best-selling book, Permission to Leap, and her podcast, But How, she will guide you through the process of bringing your dreams to life from the beginning through every day of the journey ahead. She's a catalyst, a speaker, and a best-selling author. She's known around the world for her compassionate, tell-it-like-it-is guidance that creates massive and epic changes in everyone she encounters. Now, get this bio, folks. Bree has been featured on The Today Show, Forbes, Medium, Inc. Magazine, multiple NBC syndicates, and The Huffington Post. So we're going to hear more about her story in just a moment. The real issue is the whole activation of your path within. That's what we're going to be talking about. So how did you happen to turn the corner? What were you doing before you got into this? And then how did you get into it? So, of course, right? Like we all teach what we most need to learn in our own lives. And so, so true. Yeah. a life that wasn't mine for a great many years, I was lucky in that I had my day job and I knew the day I said yes to that job, I knew I didn't want it. I knew it wasn't for me. I knew that it just like it just didn't resonate with my soul in any way, shape or form. But I said yes to it and concurrently at the same time started my first business. So I was 23, started my first business and kind of concurrently got to have a job and learn the ropes of being an entrepreneur at the same time. And I ended up having that job for about eight years and hated almost every minute of it. <laughs> oh gosh. The good news is, I mean, it's definitely helped me in doing what I'm doing now. Yeah. And I'm still in contact with some of my former clients from then who are doing amazing things in the world, but it just wasn't me. It didn't make my soul sing. I was towards the end of it. I was only working 10 hours a week and I could spin myself into a panic attack by simply looking at my laptop. So I had separate laptops. So I had my laptop and I had my work laptop. And by looking at my work laptop, I could totally spin myself into a panic attack. Oh, like gosh. it was so far away from who I was and what my path was. And at the same time, I still wasn't willing to quit it because I was so convinced that the only way that I could ever make a living in life was to have a day job, which is something mm -hmm. I was taught. I was told when I was little that as an entrepreneur, you'll never take home a paycheck. Then eight years into my business, so confused about why I wasn't bringing home a paycheck in my business. Well, it was because I didn't believe I could. It was because I believed that the only way I could make money was through a day job. And for me, it wasn't even a nine to five. I was working 10 hours a week. It was like a nine to 11. Like it mm. was, it was nothing. Mm. And I still, it was just still so far removed from who I was and what my path on earth was created to be. And um, I always tell people, if you are unhappy with something and you're not willing to do anything about it, eventually the universe will get sick of you complaining and it will do something about it for you. <laughs> so out of the blue, one day I got an email that said, we're cutting your pay in half. And I was yeah. like, I don't want to work for you at full rate. So I'm just going to file unemployment and figure it out. Good for and you. So I did. And I hadn't taken the time to prepare. So I feel like my journey was maybe a little more arduous than it could have been. I wish that I would have started doing the mindset work earlier. I wish that I would have started looking into my beliefs and all of that stuff earlier so that I could be more aligned with my path instead of having the universe have to like knock me off in order to pick myself back up and create from that space. You know, this is such a universal problem. I mean, so many of us are guided by what we think we want to be or what someone has told us we should be. 
And we chase that and chase it and chase it. And we try to find meaning in the context of what that chase is. And on some deeper level, of course, we're trying to find ourselves in that process, but we don't actually sit down to ourselves and say, hey, this exactly what you said a moment ago, this isn't really me. I'm chasing something that isn't me. And in truth, I can't really attain it. And so many people that I listen to and so many people we've had as guests here look at that transformational moment, however painful it is, as their opportunity to take that next big step. And that's where you come in. Which is luckily what I did as well, right? Because here I was, my income was being ripped away from me. I, I had no idea how I was going to make a living. I, you know, I was running my business, but I wasn't making enough to pay myself. And I just, I luckily had just been at a conference and I had heard Ariana Huffington speak and she had talked about the fact that there's always a silver lining. No matter what, there is always a silver lining. And even if you don't have the perspective in the moment of being able to see the silver lining, it doesn't mean it's not there. So I got that email and I started crying and I could feel myself starting to like spin out of control and like really go into that deep state of panic. And I picked up my journal and I read what she had said and I, it changed my life. And I actually reached out to her at, like in the middle of it and said, thank you. Like your words changed my life and I'm, I'm going to use them to transform. And um, she invited me to start writing for the Huffington Post. And like four months later, one of my blogs went viral and that's what landed me on the Today Show. And like all of these things started picking up and the momentum started going because I believe in that moment, I was willing to see it as a blessing and not willing to see it as a curse. Well, you know, I think a thing that happens, and, and you're really kind of saying this, but just to elaborate on it a little bit, I think that transformational moment has a lot to do not just with going inside, but taking that drone flight up to about 30,000 feet and really seeing the big picture, you know? So it's a mutuality of up and down at the same time or in and out or however you want to say it, because that drone flight, when you actually stand back and really look and say, look, I only got one life. I don't have two lives here. And I've been doing this and I've been dissatisfied with it. And then when you really see the options and you then have to ask yourself, what are you going to do about those options that are that are there? Then you have it's, it's like being in and out at the same time. What do you think about that thought? Oh, absolutely. Because in pulling back, it really literally was the answer to my prayers. Now, I had been praying for it for eight years. I've been praying for it since the second I got that job, <laughs> right? Like it was, the universe was literally answering my prayers. Now, it came in a way that was different. Then you anticipated. Yeah, then you wanted, yeah. But the thing I always tell people is that it always does. It always looks different than we expect it to or than we plan for it to look. And it's really being in the, the flow with things and trusting that it's meant to happen. And, and there's always a silver lining. And that's exactly, I was able to look at it. I actually called a friend, thankfully, and talked to her about it. And she was like, you've wanted this for eight years. Maybe this is a good thing. Mm -hmm. And it really, really was. Without that happening, I mean, who knows where I'd be in my life right now. Well, let me ask you this, Bree. Did you then have a structure or how did you actually draw yourself together and begin to approach it? You did say something about writing and journaling. I think that's very valuable. And if you want to elaborate on that, that's fine because that's such an important point. But the next thing is, I think if you're going to have a structure, then listeners will always want to know, 
okay, that's great. You're kind of theoretical right now. I'm not being critical. I'm just saying, how do we actually get to that next point? Are there any specific techniques, tools, or whatever that I can get to that next point and really find myself accurately and effectively? So I am a huge proponent of universal guidance. So kind of like you were talking about that like big picture thing, like pulling back and being able to see the the totality of it. Mm -hmm. I believe as humans, even when we try to pull back and look at that, we still don't have the perspective. As humans, I believe that our perspective is actually, even when we pull back and try and look at the whole thing, we still can't see nearly close to the totality of it. And so for me, one of the biggest openings came when I started a morning practice. So if your listeners haven't yet, there's a really great book called The Miracle Morning. Hal Elrod is stories amazing. And he is a huge proponent for having a morning routine. And I knew I actually resisted having that morning routine for quite a while because there was something within me that knew that the second I started, it was going to change my life. And it did. So the reason for me of having that morning routine is that it gives me the space to be in communion with the universe or God or whatever it is that you believe is like the bigger picture perspective that actually has the ability to not only see what's going on in your life, but to know all of the other parts and pieces that are moving, that are going to be coming in to help and support you in creating what you're creating. So by create by having that space, you're able to hear more clearly and connect more deeply with that energy. And so for me, I meditate during that time. I journal during that time. I will read during that time. I'll go for walks and do some physical movement or some yoga during that time. Hal also recommends affirmations during that time. Mm -hmm. And there's one more that he recommends, and I can't remember it off the top of my head, but really it's, Every day for me, my morning routine looks different. And it's really in that moment, like, what do I need in order to feel connected to myself, to my higher power, to my soul, and like really, truly come into alignment for my day so that I can move forward with power and purpose. So The Miracle Morning is a really great book. I have spun off. Hal recommends like a, a regimented 10 minutes of each of these six things for an hour every day. I've spun off. I now have about two to two and a half hours in the morning when that is mine. Some mornings, I the other morning I was coloring in my coloring book. I will take baths. I will like whatever I need that day, it kind of changes, but it's within that you are going to be able to find the answers that you seek. All of the answers that you seek are already inside of you. The reason that all of us don't hear them is because life is so busy and it's so hectic And without that space, you literally can't hear what's going on inside of you. So having a morning routine is critical for being able to, one, create a relationship with yourself, and two, be able to hear the answers about what's coming for you next and what's available to you, what's possible for you in any given moment. Well, you know, as you're speaking there, I'm listening with half an ear as some of our listeners might listen to you. And I think there's a point of clarification here, which you said, but didn't quite say where you actually are. And that is, you were talking about, as you talked about this, it's very important for you to take the time. And I think some listeners are going to say, well, isn't that selfish? I mean, what are you doing, Bree? I mean, you said something about this and you did that and you were spending this time for yourself. And I don't have two hours. I've got kids. I got a family. I got a husband that is really grumpy if he doesn't get breakfast. I mean, there are a lot of different things going on. 
and a thought comes up, you know, isn't it selfish? And I think without putting, I'm not trying to put you on the spot because I think the important thing for listeners to grasp is you, you think about Bree's mission. Everything she's talking about is achieving a mission that she can actually give something back to the world, to people that she can actually do with her life, which is constructive. So it's, it's like you have to find yourself before you can actually be the person you want to be with others. And I think just add that little wrinkle on because you have to really do know yourself to have the internal self-confidence to chase. It's not a rainbow. To chase that valid mission, that reality of well, who you can be. What I always say too is I think it's selfish of you to not take time for yourself. And here's why. Because if you're not filling yourself up every day, you are going out and being of service in the world as an empty shell. So you are getting your husband breakfast as an empty shell because you haven't taken time to be full of yourself, right? Like you're, you're serving your children from a place of emptiness, not a place of fullness. And I'm not a mom and I, I will never be a mom, but I, can, I know enough. And I, I interact with enough moms to know that you don't want to be engaging with your child from a place of emptiness. You want to be able to give them all of the fullness that is you. And the only way that you can do that is by taking time for yourself every single day. If you are operating from a place of constant depletion, you are doing no one any favors, no one whatsoever. So my invitation is always, if it's 20 minutes, make the time. Let's be honest. No one has time. I could be working way more than I am. Luckily, I don't, I don't need to, and I don't want to. And so I'm able to give myself two hours every day, but give yourself 20 minutes. It is literally the most selfless thing I think that any of us could ever do. Yeah. I think you kind of find my, you know, my experience with this is, and I'm not as evolved with this concept as you are, because you've been practicing and talking about it. I think I've been talking about it and practicing it in, in different ways throughout my lifetime as well. And really, it's the reason I so often when I'm talking to colleagues or friends, I say, on, with you on the path, you know. So the path is really a developmentally positive activity where you're actually, in fact, making contributions from a source of inner strength, which is what you're saying. If you are empty, there is no strength, your guesswork. Personally, you don't know me and I don't know you well, but know you a little bit. What I'm so much against is guesswork. You know, and when you do this practice, tell me, am I right or wrong? You get a guidance internally of what your path is and you grow in confidence that you're going to do this come hell or high water. Your determination increases because you really know who you are as opposed to, I'm not sure, here's another day, let me try this. And your guesswork is out and the mission is on. Absolutely. And for me, it helps because being an entrepreneur is a little hard and that you wake up every day, you don't have someone telling you what to do. Like there's no, if you're at a corporate job, you get to work, someone tells you exactly what your tasks are. As an entrepreneur, we don't, I don't have that. And so my only guidance system every day is my higher self, the universe. And in order for me to be on purpose and be on my path, I have to connect into that energy. I don't have a choice. 
Otherwise I'm fumbling around being like, well, I don't really know what I'm doing. Maybe I'll try this here and maybe I'll try that there. I'm so clear on what's aligned for me, what's not aligned for me. If an opportunity comes to me, I'm a clear yes or a clear no, because I know exactly who I am. I know exactly what I'm creating in the world. I know exactly who I serve. And it just, life becomes so much easier and clearer because you know yourself. You know what you're here for. You have that North Star. And every single day, the things you do, the conversations you have, the lives you touch are all guided by this bigger vision, this bigger purpose. That could never come from me, that North Star. If that were to come from me, my North Star would probably be like making enough money to get by, right? Like as humans, we really truly have no idea what our true potential is. We don't. We just don't. I think the mission really is more, as you said a moment ago, I don't know the term you use, but it's more of a universal mission. It's more of an integrative I don't like the word holistic because it puts it in kind of a nutritional perspective, <laughs> but it's an all-encompassing. It really has to do with your, your entire life and the meaning of your life, which sounds grand, but that is what it is. I mean, either you have some meaning with your life and you're going to make a contribution of the, of the time you have on this earth, or you're going to be fishing around, killing time, uh, doing the work of others, really, because there'll be plenty of people who will be happy to take the service. And they will then find fault with it because it isn't exactly what they wanted because they're in a relationship with you that wants you to serve them because they don't know themselves anyway, which gets into the whole, uh, it doesn't mean they're narcissistic, but it does get into the narcissism point. I'm not really sure about myself, but if I have enough power to get 19 people working for me, you know, shining my shoes and being there for me, then maybe I have some meaning in my life. But I think that whole universal, what was the term you used? Was that? The, but it's a transcendent term. I, I don't remember if that was, was universal, the term? Possibly. I try to speak in universal. So oh, I yeah. believe that there's like one bigger energy. Yeah, yeah. And everyone calls it something different, right? There's mm -hmm. the universe, there's spirit, there's God, there's Allah, there's Buddha, there, you know, like mm -hmm. there's so many different names for it. I try to speak in the universal terms because I feel like it kind of is a more of an all encompassing. Yeah. And it has to do with the meaning of your entire life. So, I'm going to ask you a question just saying, we're going to take a break right now, but here's this a little bit of a put you on the spot question so you can get prepared and, and feel free to you know answer it however you want to, of course. One of the things that occurs to me is so many people hesitate to do things like this because it in a way kind of separates them from their environments, environs, their family and so on and so forth because it really has a certain self modality and a, and a measure of guilt associated with it. So that's one impediment. But the other impediment that I'm going to ask you about after we take a brief break here is what are the pitfalls that you personally have experienced once you actually saw the larger vision of where you're going to go, what, who you are? And of course, no one really has the vision entirely locked down because you're still finding yourself as I am. So I don't mean to be too reductionistic about it, but I think it is helpful for listeners to think about impediments and worries and things that may have happened to a, a well-informed individual like yourself so they can, in fact, learn from any difficulties along the way. So I'll ask you that question. We'll be back, folks, in just a minute. Today, the world of mind science, psychiatry, and mental health is rapidly changing with innovative, comprehensive testing that takes both patients and practitioners into a new world of measured details with useful, understandable, and remarkably actionable plans. 
The key phrase here is cost-effective. Testing also introduces a key parallel word, predictability. Psychiatric treatment failure, especially after multiple medications and our brief hospitalizations, arises directly from the complexity of measurable brain-body imbalances and impediments that explicitly interfere with medical outcomes and create costly difficulties with inadequately informed supplement and medication trials over time. Great Plains provides a leadership team of biomedical experts with advanced laboratory insights approved nationally both by the FDA and CLIA laboratory certifications and is available internationally for both public and medical professionals. Great Plains Laboratory is the primary laboratory we've used at CoreSite for years with excellent customer service for both patients and medical colleagues. They are on the spot, they get it every time. In addition, they provide exemplary training modules, which are webinars and conferences, in an effort to broaden practice perspectives wherever you live. Do follow up on one of these complimentary test offers today at http greatplainslaboratory.com forward slash cbj. Yeah, that's Core Brain Journal CBJ. So, folks, we're back now, and this is with Bree Seeley, and she has a, an entire training program called Activate Your Path Within. And I'm putting her on the spot a little bit. You know, we were talking about creating an inner vision or connecting with an inner vision and really creating yourself out of that internal vision. And I was asking a challenging question uh, of Bree, and that is, you know, what happens if things don't work out right? What do you, how do you work through that next step once you become determined that you're going to go where you think you need to be? What are some of the adversarial consequences of doing that and how do you overcome them? So one, I will say things almost never work out the way you think they're going <laughs> to. <laughs> and really for me, it's become a practice of resiliency and really being able to kind of face whatever's thrown my way. And what I will tell you is the things that I throw my own way are probably the hardest challenges I'll ever face. I can face anything in the world outside of me, right? Like technology going wrong, mean people. I can face any of that stuff. Mm -hmm. The stuff that is the hardest on this journey is really looking at and examining who you are, the story you tell yourself about who you are in the world, the beliefs that you hold on to about what's possible for you. Some common ones, worthiness is a huge one. And I think everyone faces, women face it especially because everywhere we turn, we are told that we are not enough. We're not pretty enough. We're not skinny enough. We're not beautiful enough. We're not eloquent enough. We're not, we work too much. So, you know, we're not compassionate enough to our families or we don't work enough, which means we're not uh, motivated enough. It's like a thing where women, if you have one kid, you don't have enough kids. If you have three kids, you have too many kids. If you don't have any kids, then you're really screwed up. And you're like every single corner we yeah. turn, we're told that we're not enough and we internalize it. We make it mean something about ourselves. And then of course, looking back into our childhoods and as little kids, we write all these rules, all these things, all these beliefs based on these situations we experience. And so for me, that it's that inner landscape of really diving into 
what emotions have I held on to in my life for the last 30 years that I haven't processed through? What beliefs am I holding on to that I picked up as a child that aren't actually mine that I don't really want anymore? You know, beliefs about money, beliefs about what's possible for me, beliefs about who I am in the world. What like that is the hardest stuff that I've ever done. And some of it is one, it's it's really looking at your own stuff, right? Like looking at the kind of darkest, ugliest parts of yourself that on most days you'd just really rather not look at. Other thing that makes it difficult is that you can't touch it, right? The challenges that are outside of you are easy to overcome because you can see them, you can touch them. Like someone emails you and, and you take care of it right away, right? The inner stuff that are things that you can just not look at. You can just ignore them. I right now am am working with an elephant that has been in my energetic room for 20 years. And I've chosen not to look at it for 20 years. And now it's come to a point where I'm like, I can't not look at it. It is literally holding me back and I'm unwilling to take this next move in my life. I'm moving to New York in a few months. And I'm unwilling to make that move with this elephant. One, New York's apartments are way too small to house an elephant. <laughs> Let's be honest. Yeah. And two, like I'm just not willing to let that control my life any longer. And so mm-hmm. it's really been that the inner work that is, has been the most arduous, difficult part of this process. So well, as you were saying that, and I, and I hear you loud and clear, I, of course, our curiosity is peaked, but I won't ask you, of course, but I think what the metaphor there for all of us is the elephant, that, there are two elephants as I see it, just as you were talking about it, because the examples that you are giving about the impediments have a lot to do with what other people think about where you are. I think that's a key, key point. I tell people, you know, as a psychiatrist, when I'm working with psychopharmacology, I tell people, don't even tell anybody that you, when you change and you improve, and I know you will based on what we're talking about here, just don't tell anybody what you're doing about seeing a shrink because everybody will have an opinion about how screwed up you are, and they'll be telling you you're not screwed up, and they'll be just go on and on and on from their limited perceptions of what you've been dealing with in your life. And I think one of the largest impediments in my own professional experience working with people every day is the impediment of growth based on what others will think about that progress because people kind of don't want you to move forward, especially if they're not moving forward. So they're going to do what they can to like have a problem with you moving forward because we got to keep you in this limited place where we can touch you and keep you there. We really like you to be of service to us. So if you can stay of service, then we're going to be reassured. Well, it's, have you heard of the crab pot mentality? No, go ahead. That sounds interesting. So I used to live in Washington. So we used to like literally boil crabs, like live ones. They were delicious. Sounds like fun. There are probably big ones out in Washington too. Oh, so beautiful and so delicious. Oh, they were so good. Mm -hmm. But my, my boyfriend would get home and I'd have the big pot boiling, right? And you throw all the crabs in the boiling water. Well, what happens when one of them wants to try and escape Mm -hmm. and try and climb out of the pot is that the crabs at the bottom will literally pull it back down. Is that right? That is an interesting point. It's really interesting when it comes to psychology and it comes to us as humans because humans do this. They absolutely do this. I mm-hmm. was getting ready nine years ago to leave that boyfriend and my best friend at the time was like, but you're really happy. Like 
shouldn't you be happy? Like, he's really good to you. You should just stay where you are. Why would you ever break up with him? And I was like, I'm not happy. I'm miserable. If I'm not working, I'm sleeping. I'm so depressed. I can't continue living like this. Mm -hmm. And she's like, you would be a fool to break up with him. And it was so illuminating to me because I was like, it's very interesting. And it's true that there are a lot of people where your growth is going to make them uncomfortable. And it has nothing to do with you. I have a client right now who quit her corporate job and she desperately wants to travel the world. And she has not yet wrapped her mind around how do I travel the world and make money? So we're working through that right now, but everyone around her is constantly asking her, well, you can't, how are you going to make money with that? You can't make Mm -hmm. money with that. So she's decided that just like you said, he doesn't talk to those people about it anymore because they're pulling her back into the crab pot to be boiled with them. Ouch. Yeah. It sounds so, so completely true. I mean, we've, we've seen this a lot. I know when I started doing brain scans up in DC with Dr. Amon out in California, I told Amon that he needed an East coast office and I was the man and I wanted to learn brain scans. And so many people in town here said, you know, that is totally crazy. Don't do that. What are you going to do? What's it going to be? Does he know what he's talking about? It was, it was always negative. It wasn't like, gee, that sounds interesting. I'd like to try something like that myself. It's like there were, there were far more negatives than there were supportive positives. And uh, yet that was a transformational moment for me. It was a uh, you know, moment. We, I was with him for four years and then uh, needed to move on. It was a, but it was a very, very good tour and it was a lot of negatives. The other thing that occurred to me when you were talking about that elephant, so there's the negative coming from the outside. And then there is the elephant, which you were alluding to, which is the negative from within, the limitations that you've talked yourself into about yourself. And that what happens is, therefore, you are determining, predetermining yourself that you will fall on your nose. And I liked what you said just when we started this conversation, which I think is apropos to this, where we're winding down here a little bit, is you have changed dramatically. Because you said, I know I'm going to fall on my nose and that I'm actually having fun with this. And whatever that elephant is in New York, I will shed that guy like an old cocoon. But I am going to have to bump a little bit. I don't want the pain. There's going to be some pain involved with this thing. But I know that if I keep moving forward, I will be in another level of my own perception of my own life and my own fulfillment of my life. So there are these two impediments, the outside and the inside impediment. I think so. Does that sound right to you? Absolutely. And, and I think that sometimes the outer can even be an indication of things that are going on within as well, which mm-hmm. can be very helpful. But yeah, it's really a combination of the both. And I've faced both of the things in pursuit where I'm going. And you know, I always tend to have very lofty goals. Anyways, so I feel like I face them maybe a little more extreme than other people would because I refuse to play small. But yeah, it's it's definitely a two-sided process for sure. Well, I think you have to be careful not to be pejorative with yourself there because if you're going to think transcendence and if you're going to think about universal principles, that's somebody else talking to you. That's not lofty. That's just reality. That's a place to be that has a larger contribution than the place you were yesterday. So there's nothing lofty about it unless it's really just, this is who you actually are in this new vision of yourself. I am definitely one that shoots for the fence on every (laughs) bat, every swing, I'm shooting for the fence. 
I don't. Well, I mean, why wouldn't I? Right? Like, why would I just try to shoot for like infield or outfield? Right? Like, I'm always shooting for the fence. And just like you said, I've actually I've lost a lot of friends because of it. Yeah, I have shed a lot of things and and had to go through a lot of internal stuff because every time I shoot for the fence, there's still that like, what if I don't make it? Right? Always. And you just learn to to move through it. You learn to look at your own stuff. You learn to heal it. And you learn to keep shooting for the fence. And it, that becomes a habit. If you're constantly shooting for the fence, that becomes your new habit in life. And it becomes, you, you literally reprogram your brain to be the kind of person that is always shooting for the fence. Well, that collection of souls that you find yourself with out on the path, is infinitely more interesting because they're on the path with you in the first place. So they show Forbes, Medium, the green room there and all whatever. You know, you actually have a completely different experience, which is affirmative because these folks are appreciating your personal journey and want to share it because it's somehow metaphorically tied up with their journey as well, or they wouldn't be where they are in their their own process. So very, very interesting. So well, let's just take a moment to make sure we get connected with you in a constructive way. So how could people get a hold of you? What would be the best way to contact you? If they, you know, before we even ask that question, let me ask you this question. Let's talk about what you do. You've talked about clients. Let's actually talk about what you do so a person would know how and why they would want to get in touch with you. Go ahead. Yes. So I am a life coach. So I help people find that inner path and I help them create that vision that they have within them. So I say that I help people turn their ideas into reality. So I have a group training program. I also help super high level visionaries um, create their visions in the world and I do private coaching with them. I'm also a hypnotherapist. So I also do rapid transformational therapy, which is an amazing, amazing form of hypnotherapy. It's changed my life. And I knew the second I experienced it, I had to offer it to other people. So I take on hypnotherapy clients. And then, of course, I have my book, People Can Find. And I also have my own podcast as well. So I do all matter of things. <laughs> well, you're a busy woman. You definitely are a busy woman. Now, do people uh, work with you virtually as well? So it isn't just you're in Colorado right now. I'm in Minnesota right Minnesota, now, Minnesota, okay. but I'm currently kind of straddling LA and Minnesota and then we'll kind of then move to New York and so I'm, I'm kind of in flux. Right I got you. Now. Are you going to be in the city or where are you going to be? Yeah, I'll be in Manhattan. I'm anticipating the Upper East Side. Oh yeah, cool. Sounds like a lot of fun. Oh, I'm so excited. I've wanted to live in New York for in my entire life since I was like five years old. <laughs> now you're going to be there. It's time. It's a busy town, and there are certainly a lot of entrepreneurial people in New York. You won't, you won't be left there. Yep. So good. Well, listen, we're going to wind up, and we now have ways to contact you. Thank you so much for coming on board. This has really been an interesting and affirmative, helpful conversation. I'm sure a lot of people probably need a little boost to reconceptualize where they need to go and start looking and, and developing a plan, and, and, and it's been very, very helpful. And by the way, if you have another point that you want to raise that you think, hey, Parker, here's something that occurred to me that's on the path that you guys and your and your team might want to hear. We'd be happy to have you come back. It'd be a lot of fun. Thank you. I would love to come back. So thanks a lot, Bree. You have a great day out there. You too. Thanks for listening to Core Brain Journal. We're working every day behind the scenes to bring you reports that connect 
research benches with those street trenches. Here we share the complexity of mind science because, as you know, details really do matter. One of the most pervasive misunderstood challenges is how commonplace medications like those written for ADHD are used so regularly without clear guidelines. If you think you'd like more specifics, take a minute to download my two-page PDF packed with video links and references on the absolute essentials of how to start ADHD medications. They're easily available at corebrainjournal.com forward slash start. Thanks for listening. Do connect and stay tuned. Together we can make a difference.